0: Thinking of new dreams. Lucas. Dream he of visions which have to be
1: seen. And sound, which have not yet been heard. From a In this
0: universe, new dreams and new friends.
1: It's
0: a mo. Something new. So, Gabe, this week I went into a very deep place with uh, doing tons and tons of research about George Lucas and his robot buddy Sparky. If you get too deep, you'll never come back. <laughs> <laughs> I think Saturday morning I send you about 20 texts of pictures of George Lucas and
1: Sparky. Yeah, once you go in the Sparky hole, Sparky <laughs> won't let you come back out.
0: So, so we'll be getting to Sparky coming up. There's a lot to say about uh, George Lucas and his uh, his minor celebrity status, or major celebrity status in Japan in the early 90s. But we'll we'll be getting to that. It's coming up. Hello, Star Wars fans and Moof Milkers. Welcome to Blast Points number 39. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, if you haven't figured it out, this is Jason. And it's Gabe, too. Yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about uh, the George Lucas Super Live adventure coming
1: up. Yeah, this is an episode to sit down. Don't listen to this one while you're jogging. You might run into a tree.
0: (laughs) First, there's a little bit of Rogue One news. Last week, this giant catalog came out, right? Yeah.
1: The, uh, oh, I can't remember what the company was. Yeah. But it's the company that makes tons of the non, like, toy stuff. The stuff. Just like posters and mugs and pencil boxes and
0: everything like everything that's not like an action figure that you could possibly put rogue one on it was in this catalog
1: and it was interesting to see it looks like they're doing a similar thing to force awakens where there's like a there's a set of art pieces that they just are reusing for all these different products yeah because there's a rebels art pay, poster there's the uh, imperial one there's some vader stuff lot of Death Troopers. I think, did you see there's like notebooks with the Death Trooper and the green on them? I think lights up on the notebook. Oh my God. And there's the Bastion and Pow combo mug with the two of them on it. Those will be flying <laughs> up the shelves. Hot <laughs> seller. 60 portions. <clears>
0: oh, <throat> So speaking of Rogue One stuff, there was, um, there's a picture of the upcoming Micro Machine collection that had, a couple of interesting bits in it. One thing in it was part of the micro machine toys is a Mon Calamari cruiser.
1: You can see here the death star orbiting the forest moon of Endor. They have defensive shields that our ships cannot penetrate. May the force be with us. It's exciting. So if we will at least see a hologram of one, if not a full on, uh, Ship.
0: I hope they show the inside and it's got that crazy uh, puke master swivel chair. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Maybe we'll see a, a slightly younger Maydean. No. <laughs> un- uncomfortably sliding around.
0: All craft will begin the jump to hyperspace on my mark. May the force be with us. Red four, watch out. Red six, squad of
1: fighters have broken through. Six squad fighters have broken through. <laughs>
0: Do you think young Madeen would have a beard? I think so.
1: He's got to at this point.
0: I think when he was a baby he had a beard and the same haircut.
1: General Nadine <laughs> We have stolen a small imperial shuttle.
0: <laughs> it was
1: he's had a fake beard since birth. <laughs> it's on his planet. His traditional,
0: it's traditional. The next uh the next Star Wars animated show is Maidine Babies. <laughs> yeah. Just the adventures of baby made Maidine.
1: He just flies a little little Mont Calamari cruiser.
0: Very, very small.
1: It's a tiny one.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, the other cool thing with that set is there's uh the set with Krennic shuttle, you can see that the wings fold up like uh, Kylo Ren's shuttle. So it's like a mix between the uh, Tiderium style shuttle and then the wings go up, and it's like Kylo's shuttle. So that'll be interesting to see.
0: I love folding wings on ships.
1: Yeah. everything. I think it's like all the Rogue One ships have folding wings. As the, the TIE Fighter's wings fold. <laughs> the U-Wing? Uh, oh, and then the other thing that got me thinking is if you look at the uh, Death Star playset, it opens up. The bottom half of it is all on. It's all like orange rock, so it looks like maybe on Jeddah. So I wonder if there is some, definitely some Dark, Death Star versus Jeddah planet action.
0: Mm-hmm. Like um, the 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 sky falling in the uh, in the trailer with mm-hmm. they're trying to leave and like rocks are f- flying into the windows and stuff.
1: There's a salt on Scarif set that has the little partisan X-wing and a Y-wing, but it has a. Uh, a uh, Moroth. A little Micro Machine Moroth. No. Yeah. What? So he's in at least two toys, so oh. maybe maybe he is the secret star of the show. Oh. I uh, didn't and, see
0: that. I I hope he talks. I hope he is like, hey, dudes, what's up? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's going to be <laughs> intense. <laughs> Aren't you glad Moroth's here? I'm here to save the day, dudes. Yeah.
0: So there was a little bit of Rebels news. So we're super duper close to the premiere of Rebels. So it's like, what, two two weeks, less than two weeks away, right?
1: Yeah, it's a week from Saturday.
0: Super exciting. I'm ready. I'm ready for Rebels to come back. Uh, There was a clip from the premiere episode, Steps into Shadow, with Ezra taking down an ATDP using, well, pretty much looks like some dark side... Stuff, some Dark Side Force, straight up killing, using, making the ATDP kill some stormtroopers.
1: Yeah! yeah, like super mind trick, basically. I don't think Qui Gon would approve of that. No, I don't think. Maybe that's... we'll hear uh, Qui Gon yelling, "No!"
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right, that's
1: right, no uh, Anakin, Anakin No No, 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 no. Ezra's goofing around with that uh, Sith holocron. And he's even got a little. Looks like some little scratches on his face. Some little evil scratches. Yeah. hmm. Mm-hmm. That's always so, what happens. Yep. You get cut on your face and then you turn evil. And that's Kylo
0: Ren in episode eight. He's got a huge cut on his face. He's going to be triple evil.
1: I'll show you the dark
0: side. So, came out the, the titles of the first handful of episodes of Rebels. So, you got. What are the. What are the titles? Yeah, Steps Into Shadow. And then you got The Holocrons of Fate. Ooh, ooh. And then this is a good one. After that is The Antilles Extraction. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's all about Lando, right?
0: <laughs> it's about Wedge has got something in his teeth. He had, a, he had an egg roll. Yeah, he's got a, like, he's got a
1: toothpick. Zeb's got to get it out. Yeah. I'm hit. I can't stay with you. Get clear away. You can't do any more good back there. Sorry.
0: Yeah, <gasps> uh, after that, you got Hera's Heroes. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And then you got the, the last battle.
1: I wonder if that's the one with the uh, battle droids.
0: Ooh, yeah, that's a good idea. Roger, roger. And then speaking of Clone Wars stuff, coming in Rebels... Actress Katie Sackoff was at the Sydney Comic-Con in Sydney, Australia, and she said she is back as Bo-Katan
1: in Season 3 of Rebels. So that pretty much makes it official that uh, Sabine is somehow related to Bo-Katan.
0: Yeah, which that's pretty fascinating because Bo-Katan, she's a Duchess Satine's sister. So that would mean Sabine is somehow, like, still connected to, like, the royal family situation, whatever, in, on Mandalore?
1: Oh, man, what if they need to go, they need help on a mission and they have to go find Satine's old friend, Obi-Wan Kenobi?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and that connects, too, to, like, there's all those buckwild rumors going around that season three It's going to feature Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul again.
1: Maul must really want you dead. You have no idea. Which that all kind of makes sense because since now Maul's tied in with the Mandalorians and he's the one that killed Satine. Mm Mm-hmm. And if his sister wants revenge, man...
0: If part because like when he was off in that spaceship at the end of um season two, my first thought was, oh, he's going to get palpatine he like he wants to get revenge on Palpatine, but it's like, well, maybe what if he still is like just wants revenge on obi-wan?
1: Yeah, it seems like I don't know his anger at obi-wan is more more current Palpatine's old news, yeah, he's moved on. Did you see? Wasn't Dave Filoni saying too that he'd love to work with Ewan McGregor as well? I swear I saw that in an article the other day. Man, well, which the way everyone else on the show—I mean, they got James Earl Jones for Vader now. They got Frank Oz for Yoda. If they bring back Obi-Wan, why not?
0: What if they even had like that script written and when they had him in the studio for Force Awakens to say these are your first steps? What if they're like, "Hey, read these too." <laughs>
1: He very well could have been, right? They're probably on season four already as far as production. So, yeah, that that probably could happen. Could happen. It's a good way to sneak it by people.
0: Yeah, that would be crazy. I wonder if people would complain, though, if Ewan McGregor was doing the voice that it wasn't James Arnold Taylor.
1: No one complained about Yoda.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: Because <laughs> he was, uh, was it Tom Kane?
0: Yeah, Tom Kane during Clone yeah. Wars. And yeah. yeah,
1: he's done Yoda for... A long time as well so no one cared so i think once you get the real voice actor all is forgiven
0: i feel like people wouldn't even be able to tell the difference though at this point
1: yeah maybe not
0: like little if, kids they wouldn't be like oh well, we want sounds different you know
1: <laughs> as long as they didn't get bj hughes
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh the mystery of bj hughes Mister no see you, Senator Carras. Sir, over here the Weird Jar Jar oh, I love Jar Jar I love Ahmed best Jar Jar But BJ the, he, he is the best Jar Jar BJ Hughes Makes me Shows me how the rest of the world Views Jar Jar <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe that was That was the his point <laughs> To give all the Jar Jar fans a taste yeah. Of the rest of the world <laughs> So no, ja-ja. Ja-ja. impulse
0: George Lucas super live。All right so Lucasfilm in the early 1990s was in a really weird place place and time like lucas arts was doing great they're putting out great games like um indiana jones the faint of atlantis came out right around that time maniac mansion had already come out years before that it was a big hit sam and max were really big games So that was like their big thing in the early 90s uh young indiana jones was gearing up but they weren't quite in
1: in the spotlight at all um yeah there wasn't like a big film project around then, right?
0: No, Radioland Murders was 94, but... That so there
1: wasn't a big film project going <laughs> on around then.
0: <laughs> Sadly true.
1: But yeah.
0: uh, one thing going on in the early 90s was George Lucas was a superstar in Japan. <laughs> like the level we think of George Lucas every day... That's what everyone thought of George Lucas all the time in Japan in the early 90s. Yeah. He was the spokesperson for Panasonic. He was on print ads, billboards, tons of absolutely incredible commercials, which if you've never seen them, just go on YouTube and type in George Lucas commercial or George Lucas Panasonic and the rest of your day is made.
1: Yeah. It's probably the handsomest George Lucas ever was
0: yeah it's it's prime <laughs> George Lucas the,
1: the, yeah the the beard is just starting to get gray if, if aliens landed on earth and you wanted to show them George Lucas you'd show them from the 90s <laughs> from a Japanese ad
0: <laughs> he even had a whole series of commercials where like we talked about earlier a Ralph McQuarrie designed robot buddy named Sparky this is my creation
1: Call him Sparky. Sparky? Intelligent
0: of
1: a a I think Ralph McQuarrie designed him when he was asleep, <laughs> or after he'd been drinking.
0: Yeah. Called him up in the middle of the night. Uh, we need our we need a robot buddy for me.
1: Yeah, can you just draw something before you wake up? <laughs> <laughs> he drew it on the. He drew it over the phone.
0: I was thinking too. Where is Sparky now? Like, do you think he's in the Lucasfilm archive?
1: I don't know. I was thinking that too. And like, how did he not end up in like. The background on one of the prequels or something. I know. Like when uh, Obi-Wan goes to the am- analysis droids, like Sparky's just in the back, winking.
0: <laughs> Remember me! Yeah. Hello, Sonic. So the 20th anniversary of Lucasfilm was coming up in 1991, when supposedly Lucasfilm wanted to do something special to honor the 20th anniversary, as almost like a thank you to... George. So they reached out to this guy, Kenneth Field, who ran at the time the Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey Circus. And he had already worked with Lucasfilm in 85, as he is responsible for bringing Ewoks on ice to the ice capades. Um, So Field brought in a guy named Scott Ferris to kind of run the show and Coordinate the show, and he hired uh, writers and a production designer and a director. And after several sessions of brainstorming at Skywalker Ranch, they came up with the genius idea to combine most of George Lucas's movies into this giant stage show, which would feature dancing and pyrotechnics and lasers. And the concept was they would pick a girl out of the audience who actually was an actress, but she was supposed to seem like she was just an average girl. Um, even though she looked like she's about 45, 46 years old. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, she's a big, you know, George is super fan.
0: Yeah. So they, she's got a magic wand and she kind of drives the story. And in, their theory on that was this represented the ideas of joseph campbell and the hero with a thousand faces which eh, it's a little bit of a stretch but you know at least they were trying they were trying to keep it real
1: yeah and out of those thousand faces there's probably a 46 year old japanese girl in the (laughs) in the list
0: about 10 years ago i set out to write a children's film i had an idea of doing a modern fairy tale stumbled across a hero with a thousand faces after reading uh, more of Joe's books, I began to understand how I could do this. It was a great gift uh, and, uh, and a very important moment. If I don't, you know, it's possible that if I had run across that, I would still be riding Star Horse today. There's a wonderful life force that comes through a wit and charm when Joe speaks, that as wonderful as the books are, don't capture the man. So they had the genius idea to use inf- giant inflatables as the props and sets.
1: And the yeah, inf- inflatable stuff is pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so the whole show because it only was in it only toured Japan in the summer of 93. Yeah, summer yeah. of 93 it toured Japan. So it, it was all American actors and with Japanese dialogue coming through, like pre recorded Japanese dialogue coming through the speakers. So you have these American actors like pantomiming to this Japanese dialogue. It's completely surreal. It's completely bizarre. It's
1: very bizarre. But did you see the thing, too, to make it extra weird, is the Japanese. Actors for the Star Wars parts are the actors who dubbed the films. Yes. So to Japanese fans, it was like the real actors were in the show almost.
0: Yeah. And even Indiana Jones, like it's Japanese voice, Indiana Jones in the show.
1: Yeah. I think after watching this again, I think I had mentioned this to you is I would say this is potentially the craziest Star Wars thing since the holiday special.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: It's unbelievable that it exists. And it goes from the most ridiculous highs to the lowest painful lows <laughs> that you can have in, in 90 minutes.
0: <laughs> it's, it's amazing. So we both watched the entire George Lucas Super Live. It's on YouTube. It's in like nine, eight or nine parts. And it's all like from a camcorder recording in 1993. So it's a little rough, but it's pretty watchable.
1: It's pretty watchable. I think... It's hard to tell that there's some weird cuts in it, so I think <laughs> it's like nine, it's been longer than 90 minutes if they didn't have the cuts. I don't know, but <laughs> Yeah, it's wild.
0: But I watched it. I watched it like last week, Wednesday, or Thursday, and honestly for the rest of the week, up until now, it's, it's been in my head now. So like I haven't been able to stop thinking about what I saw in the George Lucas Super Live adventure.
1: It's kind of like watching your dreams come to life and then get filmed on a camcorder.
0: What if dreams came true? But dreams do come true. Don't they? So let's, let's run through the, the, the wonder and beauty that is the George Lucas Super Live adventure. adventure. Let's go through some of the highlights. So it starts out, it starts out with Willow, where we're going right into Willow. You are great. Right away, I had no idea what was happening. Zero no, clue.
1: It just starts right in.
0: You got you got a little person running through the crowd. He kind of looks like Willow. It's just, you know, he's, he's got a wig. And yeah, he's dressed like Willow. <laughs> so, uh, but he, <laughs> he, he gives the magic wand to the 46-year-old young Japanese girl. Right after that. He rescues Mad Mardigan from the cage and they start fighting monkeys.
1: Yeah. And the fight choreography is really good.
0: Yeah. See, again, that's one of the highest highs. It was like, hey, this is kind of awesome.
1: Yeah. I was like, this is pretty impressive. And the fight goes on a long time. And there's some good, they're like ducking under swords and sticks swinging. And yeah, monkeys flipping around. <laughs>
0: watched willow a couple years ago again i got like the blu-ray when it came out i had a hard time remembering monkey people though i
1: think they're there (laughs) aren't they in the castle at some point
0: i think so yeah but not at the level that they're in the george lucas super live adventure
1: no but that's you know that's why you do a super live adventure so you can give the obscure characters like the monkeys their (laughs) chance to shine
0: So there's a giant castle set that
1: Huge castle set
0: Huge, huge giant Uh, General Kale comes out Pretty awesome
1: Yeah, and there's like another 15 minute long choreographed sword fight
0: Yeah, with General Kale And Mad Mardigan, and I had forgotten When I was watching it, just how kind of awesome The score from Willow is, James Horner's score Mm Mm-hmm
1: That was maybe that's why they started the show with it because it kind of it gets you in the mood.
0: It Gets you pumped up. Yep. Um, they didn't start the show with a THX one one three eight number.
1: Yeah, that's it's really it's only it's fatal flaw. <laughs> that's why it wasn't a success.
0: What's wrong? Nothing. Nothing really. I just feel that I need something stronger. If you have a problem, don't hesitate to ask for assistance. Yes, thank you. I'll be all right. Call three four eight five. My
1: time. Is yours. That's one. That's one. Go ahead. Which is kind of weird, though, because it's like—well, I guess it's not that weird. <laughs> 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 but you know, if you're gonna do George Lucas Super Live, because it's like he at least directed THX 11:38, where you know the other movies he just produced. So really, mm-hmm. it should have been in there, even if it was just like the robot cops or something. Yeah, showed up in come out and the dance. Niner.
0: Yeah, do a, do, a, do a little tap dance or something. Yeah. So then the, a giant fairy, blue fairy puppet comes out. Yeah.
1: So you had warned me about the blue fairy before I got to it, <laughs> and I had kind of forgotten that you warned me until it showed up, and then, yeah, I kind of had to take a break <laughs> at that point. Yeah.
0: It's like a big rod-controlled giant blue fairy puppet.
1: It's kind of like, did, do you remember in uh, Being John Malkovich when there's like the part where they're showing the the rival puppeteer with the giant building-sized puppet? Yeah, it's pretty much that. <laughs> it's like this giant marionette's creepy ring. Girl, blue, scary ghost Puppet thing
0: (laughs) Um, But somehow That leads into a group of reporters That are looking for Tucker From everybody's favorite George Lucas produced movie Tucker, A Man and His Dream
1: 1946 Preston Tucker and his family began to build the car of the future today.
0: Whoa! Which is kind of amazing that Tucker's in there and not THX 138 or Howard the Duck.
1: Yeah, they probably couldn't get the rights to Howard the Duck.
0: Yeah, you're, you're right.
1: You're right. But the rights to Tucker, like, anyone can have those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it made me think, too. Does Disney now own Tucker, a man in his dream? That's a good question. Are we going to get a Tucker, man in his dream? Part two from Disney? Let's hope so. A whole Tucker universe. <laughs> the, t- the Tucker shared universe. If we ever get to interview Kathy Kennedy or Pablo Hidalgo, only questions we'll ask will be about Tucker, a man in his dream.
1: Big business closes the door, and the little guy with a new idea, we're sabotaging everything that the country stands for. If they can make headlines with lies, we can make bigger headlines with the truth. He is dead. Oh. Tiger! Tucker, the true story of one man and his dream. It's weird enough that Tucker's in there, but it's even weirder that it's in there as a 20-minute-long dance number.
0: Oh, my God. Now, you watched the whole thing.
1: I watched the whole Tucker part. <laughs> I don't think there's any dialogue. It's just these women start dancing, and they keep dancing. <laughs> And then they dance some more, and then the car shows up. The car was pretty neat, because it spins around. Yeah. It's got like a hydraulic thing under it, and it spins around, and then it drives away. But yeah, there's literally like, if you watch the nine clips on YouTube, I think two full clips are just the Tucker dance number.
0: I was fast-forwarding through it. I was just like, are they still dancing? Oh, they're still dancing.
1: <laughs> the lowest of the lows.
0: <laughs> I will say, I saw Tucker and Man's Dream in the movie theater. I'm impressed. When I saw it, too, I had no idea that George Lucas produced it. And I remember being a little kid, and it said, like, you know, produced by George Lucas. And I was like, ooh, I didn't know it was going to be that good. So then after the the Tucker shenanigans get done, and you grow a big, long, bushy beard.
1: A great big bushy beard.
0: Watching the tap dancers. Uh, I think Belloc comes out. I think that's I- what it's supposed to be.
1: Right? It could be, because, yeah, at that point, there's just a bunch of dudes in suits with, like, those kind of hats, and I kind of lost track of who was who. There's, yeah, there could have wh- been Belloc. Yeah,
0: there's a guy in a white suit and a white hat, and you get the feeling that we're going into Indiana Jones world, so I was kind of like, oh, maybe that's supposed to be Belloc.
1: <laughs>
0: and he puts the little girl, for some reason, on a platform surrounded by giant snakes.
1: Yeah, giant inflatable snakes.
0: Yeah. They kind of looked cool.
1: Yeah, that part was really cool because so they were kind of wiggling around, and then Indiana Jones shows up.
0: Yeah, Indiana Jones shows up and rescues the forty-six-year-old Japanese girl, and then the next thing you know, they're on the bridge from Temple of Doom fighting the thuggy warriors. <laughs>
1: They love Temple of Doom. De- now, Last Crusade wasn't out yet, right?
0: Oh, Last Crusade came out in 89. So yeah, Last Crusade had been out for a long time.
1: Because then, when I was watching this, I was like, oh, Last Crusade must not have been out. Because they don't acknowledge Last Crusade at all. But, I don't, right? Unless it's the part at the end of the Indiana Jones stuff where the temple falls down. But it still seemed like the temple falling from... Raiders.
0: Yeah, it was totally raiders, no? I mean...
1: But, yeah, because I was surprised, like, how much uh, Temple of Doom love it had. It was, like, a lot of Temple of Doom with the whole bridge scene, which was pretty, another more impressive action with the guys falling off.
0: Oh, yeah, the the whole bridge fight, it's kind of amazing. Like, they were really falling pretty far.
1: Yeah, and the little girl, the part where her feet fall through, and she's, like, pretty much has to hang there for... An hour? uh, Yeah, an hour of the fight. (laughs) Molaram! Prepare to meet Kali in hell.
0: After that, which is really awesome, again, one of the highest highs, it cuts right to Club Obi-Wan. You get excited because you see the club will be one set with a giant inflatable dragon, and you think, "Oh, here we go! We're gonna go right into anything goes."
1: Yeah, it's getting good. Yeah, but nope. <laughs> it's like what, ten minutes of a contortionist comes out. <laughs> she spins plates and then she's like doing contortions
0: <laughs> forever,
1: forever. But the best part of that part is whoever was videotaping kept zooming in on the on the. Uh, bootleg Arab guys with the, like, (laughs) obviously stuck-on beards.
0: The patrons of Club (laughs) Obi-Wan as they have fake conversations.
1: And it seems like the cameraman keeps waiting for anything goes to start, and he keeps looking around waiting so he doesn't want to miss anything, and there's, like, all these, like, false starts where just random, it's like waiters will come out and things, but nothing happens.
0: (laughs) No, so finally anything goes does start and then i got excited because i was like well here we go just like tucker we're gonna have the full awesome anything goes temple of doom opening with the dancing girls (laughs) it's like they cut off halfway through anything goes which is kind of a real crime
1: yeah, especially since they could have cut ten minutes out of Tucker. Yeah. Uh, but other than it being too short, it was pretty I thought the Willy was good and they even had the the action going on during the song a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I think they even had Lao Che. <laughs> nice try, Lao Che. So after that, it cuts right to the Well of Souls somehow. I don't know how this all fits with the storyline.
1: Yeah. And that is one of the things with. that's unfortunate watching it in this weird bootleg camcorder version is there's some odd cuts that it's hard to know if there was some transition in the show or if the show was that jarring where all of a sudden they would just get dark and change sets.
0: For me, it added to the whole feeling that you were watching a dream.
1: Yeah, a dream <laughs> out of order, potentially.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then for some reason, Indiana Jones starts to fight a real tiger. These practical effects.
1: Yeah, I was a little surprised when that real tiger came out. It,
0: the tiger may be sleeping. It could be like Jake the Snake, Robert's snakes, like they just lay there, you know, like. But this tiger, it was kind of a slow-moving tiger. But Indiana Jones fought a tiger, <laughs> and then somehow in the end, he puts the hat on the the forty-six-year-old girl, which that could be a reference to Last Crusade lost today kid but it doesn't mean you have to like it I would have liked if they would have done like the crystal skull fake out you know like she finds the hat and Indy snatches it yeah if they did George Lucas super alive now would they have some crystal skull stuff in it
1: I would hope so I would hope it just end with the interdimensional beings <laughs> they, they actually that they would that could be the whole story they just show up and Teleport you from uh, <laughs> George Lucas universe to George Lucas universe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Would uh, Spelko could sing a song called mm-hmm. "I Want I Want to Know." Yeah, I want to know. I want to know. <laughs> so then things get real crazy. A bunch of greasers come out, and Rock Around the Clock starts playing, and Blammo, we're in American Graffiti world. <laughs> Mel's driving, and there's a bunch of 50s dance numbers. They're all doing the hand jive, and it goes on for what feels like forever.
1: Yeah. At least they mix it up. Motorcycles come out for a while. The diner guy yells at some kids and. In Japanese. In Japanese, and <laughs> starts singing.
0: Well, and it's weird, too, because it's like it's American graffiti and it's 50s music and it's diners and motorcycles and it's. But with Japanese dialogue, it, it's, yeah.
1: it's 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 all it adds
0: to the whole.
1: It's surreal. Yeah. <laughs> but then, just when you're like, I can't take this anymore, the the tough uh, greaser thugs show up and fight the little girl. Yeah. And I think does she use the magic wand on them?
0: Yeah, I that was a puzzling moment. <laughs> it was puzzling.
1: They're trying to like rough her up. It uses the wand, and then they walk through a door and magically appear as little people. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's I <laughs> just greaser little people show up.
0: I didn't. Uh, I, I was kind of like I. I need an interpreter or something because I'm missing. I feel like I'm yeah. missing something here.
1: Maybe the the fairy showed up and <laughs> used her magic, but. Or it has something to do with Willow. <laughs> you are great. <laughs> That's like Willow's magic wand that makes people little people.
0: Well, you know, Willow's magic wand, it made, uh, you know, Willow with the morphing. The magoose. Uh, I'm a tiger, right? You know. No, Willow. Uh, yeah. Willow.
1: Lwatha danu. Believing the words. Waffa Twatha. twatha. Oh. Danu.
0: Uh, So right after that, it goes to the only place it can go to with Japanese Admiral Akbar strolling out, talking to some pilots in the audience.
1: And the pilots, this is when you really get, when they get into Star Wars, I think the people who made the sets and costumes had never seen Star Wars. (laughs) They just heard about it. (laughs) Because there's all these pilots, and you'd think this is kind of like official film? yeah, but none of the costumes, like the pilot costumes, look like anything that was in any of the movies. Any of the movies ever. It looks like Bar's heads made out of duct tape. I think
0: <laughs> <laughs> one of the some of the pilots looked like Captain Power. <laughs> That Admiral Akbar then introduces us to the major characters of the Star Wars saga, which are Han Solo, Chewbacca, and Wicket.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's no Luke Skywalker anywhere to be found. Not it's yet.
0: Wicked. I was like, well, naturally, you know, I can groove with that.
1: Yeah. that's Hey, maybe that's episode eight, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked and Chewy are at Han's funeral talking about the good old days when they were in George Lucas' Super Live Adventure. <laughs> Ryan Johnson's going back. He's,
0: go, he's going deep.
1: Deep cuts. Um,
0: so C3PO and R2D2 come out and they get confronted by a Japanese speaking Morian guard. <laughs> The first time you hear Gamorrean Guard speak And they're speaking Japanese
1: Which is why they didn't speak in Return of the Jedi Because no one spoke Japanese
0: (laughs) It'd be far too confusing for the audience
1: I was just going to say, did you notice Again, for this being official Lucasfilm That wasn't a real R2-D2
0: No, it's a little off
1: it's a it's a yeah, you're being kind. It's a weird R2D2. <laughs> where every other time we've ever seen R2D2 even in like commercials and all, you know, they would at least have a real R2D2.
0: Not in this one. No. <laughs> it looked like like a like a cartoon R2D2.
1: Yeah, it's like it's almost like they based it on the droids R2D2 or something.
0: Oh <laughs> my So we go straight into the cantina, where there's a bunch of aliens dancing around. There, the one I think I saw Jeffrey Giraffe from Toys R Us dancing in there.
1: I think so. And then the alien lady comes out <laughs> with the giant head. She, she goes to the
0: audience and finds uh, a, some poor guy in the audience to dance with. Um, a bunch of Jawas are watching all this go down. Boba Fett's hanging out. A real highlight happens, and out comes giant, inflated Jabba the Hutt.
1: Yeah, which is pretty incredible. That's probably the high point of the whole thing. And if you look up, uh, there's photos online of that thing. That inflatable Java is pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it has a real kind of melancholy look to it. Like he looks kind of sad.
1: <laughs> it's like late night lonely Java. I, th- I think all these aliens just use me for my money. <laughs> they're not. I don't think they're really my friends. We <laughs> now <laughs> <laughs>
0: so a jawa tries to kiss the 46 year old fake japanese girl which was kind of awkward everyone starts running around there's no there's no clue what's happening and then uh oh stormtroopers come out and here comes darth vader
1: Stormtrooper costumes. If you see them from the back, it looks like they're wearing stormtrooper diapers. Because <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but whoever made those costumes, like they don't fit anybody right at all. And on the back, they look like diapers, and on the front, they have like giant crotches.
0: That's that's how you gotta do it. It's, yeah, that was the style in '93.
1: That's '93 style.
0: So uh, Princess Leia comes out to Vader almost freezes Princess Leia in carbonite and out comes Luke Skywalker.
1: And at first I thought it was He-Man. <laughs> I was like why why is He-Man here?
0: He looks more like Luke Skywalker from the Marvel the Marvel comics.
1: Was its, like, a mix between the New Hope Luke costume and the Jedi Black Luke costume.
0: I was kind of into his uh, his awesome white vest, though.
1: Yeah. Let's stay. Hey, episode 8, maybe.
0: Well, remember in uh, when the Force Awakens teaser came out with uh, You Have That Power too, and Luke had, like, the white sleeve? and everyone was Oh, thinking he, yeah. he was going to be wearing, like, a white vest or white thing over his black, you know? You're right. I don't know. Super live. Super live. So then Luke and Vader, because they're together, they erupt into a giant lightsaber fight. And I would say, Gabe, that this is one of the highest highs.
1: Yeah, because they're even doing crazy stuff, too. Did you notice where I think there was more than one Vader and more than one Luke?
0: I didn't notice that, but I because believe Because they would
1: it. be fighting down below, and then all of a sudden they'd be up top fighting, and then they'd be down below again. Like I think there were multiple stunt versions of them. Or it's just weird editing from the video, but could be. It was it was a good fight.
0: When the the lightsabers look really cool.
1: Mm hmm. <laughs>
0: Somehow, what happens where Luke gets knocked out or something, and the forty-six-year-old little girl grabs Luke's lightsaber and saves him.
1: Yeah, she saves him. And true to the story in the films, they murdered Darth Vader.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) down a pit.
0: I don't think the George Lucas Super Live Adventure is canon. We will have to ask Pablo Hidalgo about this. But uh, yeah, the redemption of Anakin Skywalker is just. Literally flushed down the toilet as Vader falls down a bottomless pit. Then stuff starts falling from the, the ceiling. There's a ton of explosions. I wasn't quite sure what was going on. There's like a big laser fight,
1: right? Yeah, they're escaping the Death Star while they show footage of the film of the ships attacking the Death Star, which was pretty cool. It was almost like live action Turkish Star Wars at that point, because <laughs> <laughs> there's just footage of the film playing in the background.
0: Amal well, Akbar gives gives a little girl, the 46 year old girl, a medal, and a giant, giant, giant inflatable Millennium Falcon comes out.
1: And just like in the movie, Admiral Akbar gives her the medal.
0: <laughs> just like just like you remember it.
1: Um, exactly the way I remember you in my dreams.
0: <laughs> Hello, <Sonic. laughs> Puppet Fairy comes back out. Everybody's come. Everybody comes back out for a big closing number, and you have the great sight of uh, the Mel's dine- drive-in cook dancing next to Wicket. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're really the George Lucas Super Live Adventure. At this point, I was thinking you're really, you're literally stepping into the brain of George Lucas.
1: Yeah, you've become George Lucas. <laughs> Everyone in the audience now has a beard
0: and a pompadour and a plaid shirt. Yeah. I wish at the at the uh, at the merchandise things if you could get a George Lucas costume kit
1: and maybe you could no flannel shirt and jeans some pre-war some old shoes
0: <laughs> I've had i I think I've told you this before, but there's there's Star Wars everything out there, but honestly, if they came out with a line. Of George Lucas flannel shirts A million dollar idea I would be all about that Where if somebody like hey you know you go out to like a fancy dinner Or something and someone's like Hey you dressed up you're not wearing a black Star Wars T-shirt today that's a really nice button up Flannel shirt I'd be like aha It's George Lucas shirt
1: Yep the George Lucas collection
0: The George Lucas collection he picks the plaids
1: We gotta go track them down At Starbucks and Say <laughs> <laughs> we're not even gonna ask you About Star Wars today We just want you to make shirts.
0: You know, basically don't kill people. Yeah. And be compassionate and love people. And so that's basically all Star Wars is. I feel like I'm a better person after watching the George Lucas Super Live adventure.
1: I feel like I'm enhanced. Yeah, there was a part of my soul that was empty. And now it's filled with 20 minutes of Tucker, a man in his dream dancing. (laughs) But at least, yeah, duct tape face Akbar is there. It's crazy that it got made. It's crazy that someone at least videotaped it. Because I think if there wasn't video of this, no one would believe it was real, even with the pictures.
0: Yeah, you would say, no way did that happen. I guess, so George Lucas was at the premiere in April 93, and he loved it. And then he he saw it again, and he brought his daughters. So Lucas saw it twice. He saw it multiple times.
1: You know, he sees it every day in his head. (laughs) Joy is compassion. Joy is giving yourself to somebody else, or
0: something else. And it's a kind of thing that is, in its subtlety and lowness, much more powerful than pleasure. If you get hung up on pleasure, you're doomed. If you pursue joy, you will find everlasting happiness. So with that, I'm gone. (laughs) Bye bye, thank you. There's a great article. If you want to read about the Georgia Super Live Venture, it's a great article on Tested.com by a guy named Wes Felon, and he did a ton of research.
1: There's a lot of great photos, too.
0: Yeah, and he was saying that they tried to get it to come to America, and they even flew like American investors out to Japan to try and sell the show to them. And it almost feels like playing it in Japan was almost like a test run for eventually what they could like tour arenas in America with it. Americans couldn't handle it. No, but it, I guess, <laughs> yeah, it never happened. And so all these giant, the, the question came up in this article, like, well, what happened to all these giant inflatables? Right? Like, what happened to inflatable Jabba? What happened, what happened to the giant inflatable Millennium Falcon? Yeah, all this stuff ended up in storage at a warehouse. And I guess some pieces tried to get rented out, and they could never gain access to them. And then about a decade ago, they found out that all the props, all the costumes, all the inflatables and everything were gone. They were taking up too much space, and everything had been thrown away
1: can you imagine just walking by a dumpster one day and you see a giant inflatable job of the hut in it?
0: The garbage will do. It belongs in a museum.
1: <laughs> Where's Indiana Jones when we need him. Yeah.
0: You're a hard man to read, Dr. Jones. Ouch. There was tons of merchandise made. The I, poster is really great. Yeah, the poster uh, unbelievable. I guess there were there's photos online of a uh, like a plush Yoda that they were selling. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Yoda has a very tiny head and a super huge body.
1: Yeah, he kind of looks like someone's squeezing him really hard. <laughs> for my ally is the Force, and the powerful ally it is. May- That's the puppet they're using for uh, Episode
0: 8. <laughs> Ryan Johnson.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was to the other, this is all, like, Star Wars is all coming back to this is, uh the Blue Fairy is pretty much Snoke.
0: Oh, my God. I didn't think of that.
1: Yeah. So. If Skywalker returns, the new Jedi will rise. The secret to the future Star Wars films is hidden in Super Live Adventure. You heard it here first. But it's, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing, and you probably never knew it existed, and it's been here. You know, the other thing that I thought was great? If you look at the YouTube videos, they have like 800 views.
0: (laughs) Nobody cares!
1: (laughs) So, and they've been online since 2008, I think. Wow! So this incredible goldmine of magic is just sitting there, and no one's watching it. So we hope all you Blast Points fans spend a few hours watching. George Lucas Super Live Adventure! And these... Last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise.
0: So Gabe, we don't have any iTunes reviews this week. Which is kind of a bummer, but you listener, you can help fix that for next week or the week after, and leave us a five star review on iTunes. And if you do that, we will read it on an upcoming show.
1: Yeah. If you have any questions or comments or words of wisdom, send them our way, and we'll read those too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you can contact us on the on Twitter. Blast underscore points is how you find us. We got a Blast Points Facebook page. And we're also on Instagram, too. So, yeah, I I recommend everyone to go watch the George Lucas Super Live. And uh, please leave us your comments or questions or feelings on life after you watch the Super Live adventure.
1: We'll apologize to your friends and family for you. (laughs) If you need us to.
0: We'll, We'll send a letter. All right. So on behalf of Blast Points number 39, this is Jason. This is Gabe. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, bye.
1: May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.
0: We can truly experience the universe. 今、私たちは宇宙を実感できる。世界を実感できる。生放送のためにBSチューナー内蔵ドームスピーカー搭載パナソニックX. Panasonic, it's a Mo, something new. Call him Sparky. Sparky. Made a fall-